if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And this morning, I just want to draw some reflections uh, from this passage about the resurrection of the dead. We gather here this morning, we gather here early because uh, the, the ladies, the women who were not even considered reliable witnesses in that day were the first ones that Jesus revealed himself to. And they rose early in the morning to anoint the body. And they arrived at the tomb and the angel said, uh, who are you looking for? <laughs> He's not here. He's risen. And go and tell the disciples that he'll go before them into Galilee. And in this passage in uh, 1 Corinthians here, the Apostle Paul is, is writing to the church at Corinth. And uh, some of them somehow or another had embraced some kind of teaching that there was no resurrection from the dead. Can you believe that? <laughs> some people believe that. And he argues powerfully and beautifully here in this passage about how it must be that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. So you can follow along with me here uh, as we read together in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 12. Paul says, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. But each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The word of God. I just want to just draw a few points from this passage this morning. Uh, and our first overarching point is that the resurrection is the heart of Christianity. The resurrection is the heart of Christianity, and he, and he makes this point in several ways. The first thing he says is that if the resurrection is not true, he says that our preaching is in vain. Preaching, preaching would be a, a waste of time if the resurrection is not true. So think about, think about this a little bit. There are many churches today, you'd be surprised, uh, theologically liberal churches who do not believe in the physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there was an impulse in the past uh, by, by many 
to abandon historical and orthodox Christian beliefs as an attempt to save the faith. Many people thought they were saving Christianity. Why? Because modern man is too enlightened to believe in things like resurrection from the dead. And many people have believed in that. And so in an attempt to save the faith, they begin to say things like, well, he didn't really rise from the dead. It was just like a spiritual resurrection and things like that. And so all these things, like a worldwide flood or the plagues of Egypt or the virgin birth or even the resurrection, you know, we're more enlightened than that. We know better than that now. Those were just ancient peoples. They didn't really understand what they were talking about. The the strange and interesting thing, however, is that uh, overall, on a large scale, churches that deny these historic, basic, orthodox truths, Christian truths, in terms of their membership are in free fall <laughs> that they're, they're they're in extreme decline and have been for many years and i think the answer to that's pretty simple when all you have to offer the world is nothing more than a slightly more religious version of what they already believe then why do they need to come to church to hear it but if there is a god and if he is and if he's not dead but if he's alive then it makes all the difference in the world <laughs> It has changed everything. And so the key thing is that, and, and see, Paul, you see, Paul was a preacher of the gospel. He traveled around the entire Roman world proclaiming that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. If the resurrection was not true, Paul had literally wasted his entire post-conversion life. It was a waste of time if the dead are not raised. Every missionary that has ever gone out for the name of Jesus Christ and died a slow and painful death because of diseases or were murdered or crucified or burned at the stake or any other reason that a Christian martyr and, and missionary has lost home and kindred, left home and kindred and family to proclaim to lost and dying souls the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If the dead are not raised, all their lives were in vain. If the dead are not raised. The next thing Paul says is this, is not only is preaching a waste of time, but our faith is a waste of time. Our faith is in vain if the dead are not raised, Jesus, uh, Paul says. If Jesus Christ is still in the dirt, he was just an ordinary man. And why should we, 2,000 years later, pray to him, sing to him, worship him, a man who is no different than us? A man who is just like us. Why set our eternal hope on someone who's dead? If the dead are not raised. If the dead are not raised, all our religious activity is a total waste of time. All of our church attendance, all of our prayers, all the songs that we sing are directed to someone who's still in the dirt. This is important. Because many people today will say that all religions are basically the same. That what works for you works for me, works for you. What works for me works for me. But Paul, you, got, you, heard, you heard the passage that we read. But Paul says, no, it's not true. What works for you, what works for you, what works for me, what works for me. He says, either Jesus Christ rose from the dead or he didn't. Come on, let's think about it. Either he's alive or he's not. If he is alive, then, G, then Christianity is true. 
And Jesus Christ is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. But if Jesus Christ is dead, then we can't say, oh, well, Christianity is just fine. No, it's not. It's a lie. The whole faith is predicated upon a lie if the resurrection is not true. So it's not even worth your time. It's not even worth one second of your time if the dead are not raised. You see, the nature of Christianity makes it a terrible hobby. (laughs) But if it's true, it makes it the most glorious, all-encompassing way to look at the world that there is. The next thing Paul says is this. And most significantly, he says, if the dead are not raised, then we are still in our sins. If the dead are not raised, if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, we are still in our sins. You see, the resurrection was Jesus' vindication and validation that he was indeed who he said he was. You see, if he was still in the, even though he died on the cross, the cross would mean nothing without the resurrection. Because if he still was in the dirt, then it would mean that all his claims were false. That he was not the son of God. That he did not come to deal with sin. Remember, the point of the cross was what? To forgive sin. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. The soul that sins shall die. Right? So the cross was to do what? To deal with sin, to forgive sin. So that why? So that by forgiving sin and by overcoming sin, he also overcomes the penalty for sin, which is death. So the resurrection proved to all that he really had forgiven sin, and therefore forgiven sin has no power, and therefore since he has forgiven sin, he rose from the dead to prove that, that the penalty for sin has been overcome, and, and to also guarantee that everyone who has their sins forgiven in him, they too shall rise like he did. Why? Because their sins are no longer have power over them. But all this means then is that if he didn't rise from the dead, that means that sin's penalty is still in force. And if sin's sin's penalty is still in force, that means our sins are unforgiven. If Christ died, we are still in our sin. And everyone who had ever died in hope of Jesus Christ that their sins were forgiven died in, in a lie for a falsehood. And then the next thing Paul says is this. He says, finally, he says, if the dead are not raised, we die without hope. And he said, said, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. This is quite incredible if you think about it. Paul says unequivocally here that Christianity isn't just a hobby or useful as some kind of emotional and moral crutch. Because of Christ's resurrection, Paul says, we know that our sins have really been forgiven and that we too really have the future hope, the future guarantee, the future certainty that if our sins are forgiven in Christ, we too will be raised from the dead in a glorified resurrection body like his, never to die again. But if there is no resurrection, then the Christians who have died have died for a lie. 
and 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 this is important because some well-meaning people i believe has said things like this they said things like well even if christianity isn't true it has truly helped me and benefited my life and given me a deep and true meaning that it wouldn't have had otherwise so even if christianity isn't true i still think it's a good thing to be a christian what does paul say paul says if in Christ we have if 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 in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. In other words, Paul says it's not just a it's not just okay to be a Christian even if it's not true. Paul says if I if I'm a, if I believe Christianity is true and I'm wrong, then you should feel sorry for me. You should feel sorry for me that I'm a Christian. Why? You have to think about you have to think about it from Paul's perspective for a sec for a minute. Christianity from an earthly perspective didn't make Paul's life better. You ever thought about that? For the name of Jesus Christ, what happened to Paul? He was mobbed. He was stoned. He was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked. He was attacked by robbers, and then ultimately he was beheaded. Why? For his testimony that a man has risen from the dead, and you can't stop me from talking about it. What does it mean? It means that Christianity isn't worth living if it's not true. Because why? Because if you're, if you're doing it right, it, in many cases, it's going to make your life worse, not better. But if it's true, oh, if it's true, then it makes all the difference in the world. And that's the final thing Paul says, is that the resurrection is coming. In verse 23, he says, but each in his own order. Christ, the first fruits, and then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. You see, if, Christ, if, the res, if the dead are not raised, we are of all people most to be pitied. But if the dead are raised, then we are to rejoice. Why? Because no suffering for Christ's sake in this life will go unrewarded in the next. Because the glory that will be revealed to the glorified saints who burst forth from the tombs on the day that the angels cry and the trumpets sound, your glory will be so great that if you could see yourself in the mirror, you'd have to squint your eyes. Because of the glory that shall be revealed in us. Because the eternal ages that shall come in Christ Jesus where we are free from death, free from sin, free from pain or sorrow or suffering anymore. That the, the deepest pain and sufferings of this life, they will be as nothing. They will fade away into a distant memory in light of the eternal ages of glory that we will experience in Jesus Christ. Christ rose as the first fruits, and then at his coming, Paul says, those who belong to Christ. In John 14, Jesus said this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And so my question this morning is, is this. Paul said, Christ the first fruits, and then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. The question is this, 
Who do you belong to? Do you belong to him who sits on the throne, who rules over all, who will reign over all till every enemy is put under his feet and then he will come to conquer the final enemy, which is death. Will you burst forth with us from the graves when he comes? I pray that you will. Let's pray.